0: well good morning everybody how are you this morning good to see you happy new year to everyone we're glad that you're starting this year off right worshiping jesus and i tell you uh, a couple of things before i get into the message i want to thank everyone uh, for the christmas cards and gifts and Lots of baked goods and chocolate-covered things uh, that you gave to me and my family and our staff over this holiday season. We don't take that for granted, and I know we didn't get to thank everyone personally, but uh, consider this a personal thank you. We appreciate uh, you thinking of us during this holiday time and showing us your love and appreciation through the giving of gifts. And something else I want to mention, I tell you, um, we know they're out there, but these past few weeks, just out in the community, I have heard from so many people who are watching us online and listening to us on the radio. I know we made them feel welcome, but I want to make them feel welcome one more time because they're part of our extended church family. Can, Can you thank them for joining us? There's a lot of folks who just aren't able to be here for one reason or another. Many of them have health concerns and that sort of thing, but they are listening in. They are participating. And if that's you today, if you're online on Facebook Live or YouTube, uh, comment. Let us know where you are joining us from. we got people really all over the country doing that. And then do us a big favor. Share the stream as well so some of your friends and family can join in as well. Well, all over the world this morning, people are on. On day two, everyone say day two (laughs) of a New Year's resolution, they have uh, flipped the, the page on a new calendar and there is some excitement in the air. And it's definitely understandable that we're looking forward to a new year, especially having lived through this pandemic that is unfortunately still with us. And every January, there seems to be some renewed hope in the world, looking forward to better things than we have experienced in the past. And what happens is, is this hope causes us to take a look at our lives and say, what do I want to change this year? What would I like to be different in my life this year? Many of us look in the mirror and see some things that need changing. Good morning. Good <laughs> morning. Uh, a lot of us look at our bank accounts and start counting our change. Come on, so that was supposed to be a joke. It's a joke because that you got thank you, thank you. Many of us look at our relationships, and maybe we set some goals for a relationship that we're in, a goal for our marriage, a goal for a, a relationship with our kids or our grandkids. There's certainly nothing wrong with setting goals or making resolutions. But we often work to achieve these things using the wrong approach. And that's precisely why most of us abandon our resolutions, according to Google, in 36 days. I mean, you know, we are on fire right now (laughs) because we are on the morning of day two, (laughs) right? We are on fire right now. But 36 days in, the fire is gone for most of us. So then let's think about this process. What's going on in here that so many of us, were well-meaning meaning people, but we, we give up so quickly on our goals. I think we're using the wrong approach. I think we're starting at the wrong starting line. We're doing what Galatians 5, 24 tells us to do, but we're doing it in the wrong way. Let's look at that scripture together. Galatians 5 and verse 24, it says, And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires those who belong to Christ have crucified our flesh with its passions and desires whether we realize it or not the world doesn't and a lot of times the church doesn't either most of the things that work their way onto our list of resolutions are classified by the bible as something called a quote work of the flesh a work of the flesh Now, when the Bible uses the term the flesh, it's not so much talking about our skin and bones, but rather the desires that come with living in a fleshly body. You see, our bodies are gifts from God, and they should be treated as such. Can you say amen? But our fleshly desires are things that need to be subdued, or what this passage says is crucified. Let me give you just one example of a fleshly desire. Anger would be an example of a fleshly desire. Not a righteous, you know, anger, like you've seen injustice and you want to stand up against that. That's a righteous anger. But I'm talking about in West Virginia, we'd say he's mad. Like you threw something, you hit something, you hit somebody, you yelled, you cursed, or again, West Virginia, you cussed. You just, you just lost it. You just had a fit. How many ever just had a fit? You're talking for your spouse. Now, we all have, right? That's, that's a work of the flesh. Y'all, we, this is a new year. And you know what my, my, my prayer for this new year was? No more flies. <laughs> and right here on my iPad is just a fly. And he's just hanging out. He's just hanging out. <laughs> The Bible says thou shalt not murder. <laughs> murder is taking of innocent life. That ain't innocent life. He's interrupting the flow of God's work up here. Don't be quoting uh, scripture out of context, Alex Malott. Somebody say amen. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. A fit! <laughs> I just had one. <laughs> the Bible gives us in Galatians chapter 5 a whole list Of what we would call works of the flesh. Let's look at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Which are? I'm going to give a list here. I'm going to give a list. Because it's in the Bible. I cannot cut them out. Okay, I can't edit the scripture. Here's a list. Y'all ready? Say I'm ready. The works of the flesh are evident. Which are adultery. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lewdness idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, he ain't done, verse 21, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. So just in case you're thing, your work of the flesh didn't make it into the list. Paul ends it up with this big and he's just like, and thing, anything like this are works of the flesh. So if your thing wasn't named in here specifically, don't feel like you're off the hook. Paul says anything like this. And now let's continue. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Somebody say, ouch. All of those things right there in that big long list, they're works of the flesh. And most of the resolutions that you and I that we'll make, we'll make them in hopes to gain victory over what the Bible calls a work of the flesh. But often where we go wrong is that we attempt to crucify our flesh by simply enforcing our willpower. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done. That was the last time. This is a new year. I'm never going to do that again. And I am going to start doing this every day. Well, if it's not every day, if it's, it's at least five days a week. Right? What, we, what do we do? We reach down deep on the inside of us and we muster up all the strength that we can muster and we declare our lives are going to be different this year. Our intentions are good. But again, we are, most of us are rational people, thinking people. Why do we think we will be any different on January 1st than we were on December 31st? Like what happened? Is is there is there magic that new cat calendar you have? Does it contain some magic in it? Why do we why do we think why do thinking people often deceive ourselves and say, you know what, this year is going to be different. Does the new year carry with it some magical powers? If it does, it wears off in about a month. You might say, Pastor, what are you saying then? Should we enter into this new year with no goals, no hopes, no dreams? No, I'm not saying that at all. In fact, this morning, I want to challenge our church and anyone who's listening to prayerfully consider how are you going to invest your life in this next year? You know, we're all going to invest in something over the next 364 days. We're going to invest our time, our talents, our resources, our money, our love, our affections. We are going to invest in 2022 just like we have invested in every other year of our lives. So I'm challenging our church to prayerfully consider what will you invest your life in this year? But instead of planning to make your changes by using sheer willpower, which fails in 36 days, I want to challenge you to instead focus on changing from the inside out. How do we do that? It's here in the book of Galatians. Look at verse 22. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So just as we went through a list of the works of the flesh, and that was a pretty ugly list, we also have a list here of the fruit of the Spirit. And just look at that bowl of fruit for a minute. Okay, in this bowl of fruit is love. Joy, peace is in there, long-suffering is in there, kindness is in there, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's a good-looking bowl of fruit. Now, if we had this bowl of fruit in our lives, we probably wouldn't even need to make a resolution. Right? How much better off would would our lives be if we had all these things being evident in our life? Life would be good, y'all. So I'm not saying we don't need transformation. We we do. We need it. But instead of trying to change ourselves, we should focus on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This series is going to be one uh, that's more teaching. Okay, Uh, So we're probably not going to be doing a lot of shouting in this series or anything like that. But this is Foundational Christianity 101. Let's talk about what Jesus called the process of new birth. John one, uh, 3 and verse 1. Let's look at this exchange between Jesus and a man named Nicodemus. John 3 and verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees. He's a ruler, right? Named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again. Everybody say Born again. Born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, He's he's confused, what does it mean to be born again? So he says, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That's weird. Of course, that can't happen. So Jesus expounds. Verse 5, Jesus answered said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's the natural birth, and of the spirit, that's spiritual birth, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. When a person becomes a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, something happens to them called the new birth. Often you will hear people say, Christians say, they'll say, well, I'm a born again Christian. You see, when we're born again, the Holy Spirit actually comes to dwell within our spirits. And that's not a result of anything that you and I do on our own. It's not a result of our works or our efforts, but he, the Holy Spirit, is a gift from God. John 14, Jesus teaches more on the Holy Spirit. And he says this, if you love me, keep uh, my commandments. John 14, verse 15. And now the next verse, it says, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper. The word helper means the one called alongside of. So the Holy Spirit is the one called alongside of us that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you. He's not just with us. He goes on to say and will be in you. You see, when a person turns from their life of sin and puts their faith in Christ, a miracle happens, and the Holy Spirit of God comes to live within us. Now, I want you to notice that Jesus, as he's teaching here in in, uh, the book of John, for about three chapters, he teaches on the person of the Holy Spirit. He does not call him an it. He does not call him a force. He does not call him a good vibe He calls him a he, signifying that the Holy Spirit is a person. And if that's true, and it is, he is a person that you and I can know. He's a person that can speak. He's a person that can give us counsel. He's a person that can teach us. He's a person that can reveal things to us. And he is a person that can produce fruit in our lives. If we want to see transformation in a new year, it will not happen merely by our willpower. But I guarantee it will happen when we cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit. You see, relationship produces fruit. If you look around our church maybe not so much in the sanctuary right now there'll be there's some but if you if we'd walk out these doors and go into the nursery you know what you would see a bunch of babies a bunch of babies right so here's what we know about their parents some of them did not follow dr. Fauci's advice to social distance and the fruit of your disobedience is evident Right, It's evident. We know that you had a relationship because your relationship produced fruit. I can see the fruit. I can hear the fruit. Sometimes the fruit needs a diaper change. Sometimes the fruit needs to be fed. There's no question that these parents have had a relationship because their fruit is evident. And the big idea of this series is, is that the Holy Spirit of God lives within us. And if we cultivate our relationship with him, that fruit will become evident in our lives. You want to walk in love? Focus on your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You need some joy in your life? Focus on your relationship with the Holy Spirit, and that fruit of joy will spring up on the inside of you. You need some peace in your mind in this new year? Well, good news He is the Spirit of peace that dwells within you. And if you focus on fellowshipping with Him, watch the fruit of peace rise up in your life. Do you need some self control to overcome bad habits? Well, one of the fruits he can produce in us is the fruit of self-control. Do You know what's at the number one, the number one New Year's resolution is weight loss. Do you know every year what the number one (laughs) New Year's resolution is weight loss? It's on it's on everyone's list. It doesn't really seem to matter, you know, what size you are. Just everybody knows that we should eat better and, and exercise more. We just know that, right? That's certainly been on the top of my list for year after year after year after year. However, this, this past May, I came to a crossroads, no pun intended. And I said, oh, I've got to do something about my weight and my health. And so I, I said, you know what, I want to take a different approach, And at 47 years of age, I finally came to terms with the fact that I have an eating disorder. I do. I have an eating disorder. Now, when I throw around the word disorder, um, I'm not using that as something to hide behind so you won't hold me accountable for my actions. That's what a lot of people do. They get a diagnosis or they claim a disorder. And what they're really saying is, hey, nobody hold me accountable for what I do because I have this disorder. I'm not not using it like that. When I say I have uh, an eating disorder, it's not an excuse for my gluttony. Hello. But what it is, is it's an acknowledgement that my brain thinks differently about food than a normal person's might think. I told you this story before, but like, if we if we go if we get a pizza maybe, and and we eat pizza for dinner, and there's leftover pizza, and it goes in the refrigerator. Um, everyone else in my house goes to bed and they go to sleep, but as I'm laying there in the bed. I can hear from out the door, down the hall, in another door, inside the refrigerator with double doors, lots of doors there. I hear a faint whisper, Dave, it's me. Pizza. (laughs) Bro, you don't have to introduce yourself. I know who you are. Dave, get up. Now I'm trying to sleep. Listen, my wife is sleeping. Pizza is not harassing her. But it's harassing me. Why? Because my brain thinks differently about food than a normal person might think. For many years, my brain has told me that food can meet needs in my life that it actually cannot meet. For many years, I have eaten to satisfy, I I have not eaten to satisfy the needs of my body. I have eaten to satisfy the needs of my soul. I have believed a lie that food can comfort me when I'm sad. That's a lie. It's not true. We call it comfort food, but it doesn't last, right? It just doesn't. It's like you'll be hungry again, or even if you feed your flesh, it wants more. You ate the pizza. Now, what about the cheesecake? Come on, somebody i believe believed a lie that food can make me happy when my day didn't go as planned. I'm disappointed with the day. You know what? At least I, I couldn't control the day. At least I can control what I eat. I'm going to eat something. But, but that's a lie. It's, it's not true. It's not, it's not going to help anything in here. Now, before you judge me too hard, and some of you are judging me hard, I can feel it right now. I know a lot of you, and you all got some disorders of your own. We've all got some lies that we live by. We believe things that just aren't true. Some of us believe that alcohol can comfort us. But bro, sis, it's a lie. It's not true. Some of us just believe that another pill will fix us. That a cigarette will calm our nerves. Some of us believe just, it's just some marijuana I need for my anxiety. It, 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 it'll, it'll cure what's, what ails me inside in my soul. Bro, sis, it's not true. For others, it's lust and it's pornography. We use people and images and we use them like a drug. And some of the disorders that we deal with are so common that we even laugh about them. Some of us medicate ourselves with shopping and we call it, quote, retail therapy. Meanwhile, our credit card bills just pile up and our relationships suffer from the strain of our, quote, therapy. Oh, I'm preaching a lot better than you're saying amen this morning. (laughs) You guys thought it was funny when I was telling you about my disorder. But how about yours? So you know what I've done this past year, since May? I have cried out to the Lord. I said, Lord, I've tried to beat this work of my flesh so many times in my life. I've tried programs and supplements and I've learned to read nutrition labels and count calories. I've done all that stuff. But God, this time I need a different approach. This time I'm going to focus on fruit. Not bananas or kiwi. I'm going to focus on the fruit that only you can produce in me. I need self-control. And only God can produce that in me. So for the past eight months, almost every time I think about eating, I've been saying, Holy Spirit, change the way I think about food. Holy Spirit, change my heart, change my mind. I don't want to live by lies anymore. Produce your fruit in me. Now Again, you're Your thing may not be my thing. But whatever you're hoping for in this new year, whatever part of your life that needs to look more like Jesus. I just want to encourage you to invite the person of the Holy Spirit to produce his fruit in you. It's not it's not up to us to produce our own fruit but it's up to us to cooperate with the fruit he's producing in us. Does that make sense? Wave, wave at me if that makes sense. Okay? If you, were to, if you had an apple tree in your yard, you're not going to go out in your yard and see your tree straining to produce apples. Trees don't strain, right? They don't. God has set up systems of nourishment for them. And if they if if they cooperate with those systems, then they will produce fruit. So what I'm saying is the person of the Holy Spirit, if you're a born again believer today, the person of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And when he wants to give you your uh, you give your soul a drink of living water, don't reject the water. When he wants to give you the fruit of peace, don't reject the peace. When he wants to give you the fruit of self-control, don't choose sin, choose fruit. Somebody say, choose fruit. Church, if we want to transform our lives in this new year, we cannot reject the work that God wants to do in us. So whatever your resolution is, whatever your, I know some of us say, well, pastor, I don't make resolutions. I know, but you've got some hopes you got some dreams, you got some goals, and if you don't, I feel bad for you. You ought to have something to look forward to. Somebody say amen. So there's nothing wrong with having some hope and some anticipation going into this new year. But here's what I'm asking you. Reframe that thing through your relationship with the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus called him our helper. He called him our counselor. He called him our comforter. He called him our teacher. Let's not shun him. Let's not reject him. But let's submit our will to his and watch him produce fruit in our lives. Can you say amen?